Coming up on the Bill Simmons podcast, uh, we did talk about uh, Corey Kluber. Uh, was his no-hitter uh, Matt Blake's Apex Mountain? Uh, is Garrett Cole still the Larry Bird of the rotation? Do we still need to wear masks in America? Uh, all this and more coming up on the Bill Simmons podcast. But uh, first, uh, Pearl Jam. Next stop, Daily Thoughts. Stand clear of the closing doors, please. boys are back d train daily back a lot sooner than last time dave and dan here talking about some history the clue bot went terminator mode pitching a no hitter potential trade targets we got a little mailbag action and our new segment inspired by our boy phil hughes you up so dave how I'm we feel with that no hitter i like how you called kluber terminator like does that make DJ Robocop, or is he? I mean, yeah, we just got a lineup of cyborgs at this point. Well, yeah, because none of Judge and Sam's body parts are their originals, so that's fair. Yeah, kind of how that works. Uh, but yeah, Kluber no hitter, awesome to watch. Uh, nice of us for not acknowledging it whatsoever during the moment, so that was good. Yeah, we we are good people. Um, people like Jared Caravis on Twitter who made mention of it at least 25 times from what I could tell. Not good people trying to jinx the shit out of it. Um, even the broadcasters kept saying no hitter, no hitter, no hitter. But yeah, living by the unwritten rules of baseball, which some people are following too much to a T, <laughs> Mr. LaRusa. But yeah, no hitter, fun to watch. I only saw the last two innings because I don't get the Yes Network and none of my streaming sites were working. But Great to see nonetheless. Yeah, I honestly didn't know he was going through it. I just kind of kept looking every now and then, and then the phone alert just kept coming in, so that was fun. I had Michael K on mute. Uh, I usually just do that nowadays anyways. I refuse to listen. Um, but yeah, I was watching basketball in the background as well. Like I had a split screen going on. Um, so I had that audio, and then like I kept looking every now and then. I was like, oh, that's happening. Yeah. I mean, once I turned it on, it seemed like there was a bunch of hard-hit balls, but you know, the fielders were well positioned. You know, I used to hear the phrase, the ball needs to open its eyes and find a spot where the fielders ain't, but Kluber just seemed to have it on his side to that day. So really worked out. First no hitter since 99, I think, right? And yeah, Wells is, or uh, Cohen, sorry. Wells yeah, Cohen. So, I mean, I saw a lot of people saying it's been a long time since Yankee no hitter or perfect game, but I saw there was a gap between Larson and 56 and then Abbott in 83, I think. So yeah. This is the worst stretch we've had, but I mean, it's always good to have one. It feels weird just because, like, there's been a lot in the past, like, recently, like, obviously this year, of course, non standing, but like, just I feel like in general, there's been a lot in the past, like, decade or so. Um, yeah. Just in general. And I will so. say that I don't think Kluber was the guy that we all expected to get the no hitter this season. I think everyone thought, if anything, Cole was going to be the guy to throw the no hitter. Um, he honestly might the way the year's going. So Yeah, there's plenty of time in the next week to throw another one. It's, it's entirely – it's not out of the question. It's, no. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch. I mean, the last no-hit bid I think I saw from a Yankee pitcher was like CC, like during like prime ace CC years. I think it was like 2011 or something like that. He like was pitching against the Red Sox. had like six innings worth of no-hitter, which like – it's not a crazy amount. 
And they said the last time a Yankee hitter was even taken into the eighth inning or ninth inning, I think, was uh, Moose back in like 01. We were kids. So, yeah. It's been a while. It's been a hot minute, but it was fun to watch. I will say, I saw a lot of people were getting a little emotional about it, which obviously is fine. Um, the thing that I was feeling was that this was probably the first Yankee moment since, I mean, wild card or playing games aside for the playoffs. Mm-hmm. where you had all this stress about the team doing something well in like the ninth inning and it finally went right. Like, yeah, you had, you had DJ hitting the tying home run, which Dave missed for undisclosed reasons. Yeah, uh, but then obviously Chapman gave up the game winner to Altuve. So for the last few years, since 09, when they won the world series, it just felt like all these stressful moments when something really good could happen, something really bad happened. But for the first time, you know, we did it. We won. They did the thing. Corey Kluber pitched an absolute gem. We all look the fool for saying how much Cashman was dumb for not getting Tanaka instead. Yeah. Um, So that's nice. Good AI face. Kluber got his pinstripes, and he justified the 11 million bag they threw at him. Yeah, a full 11 million. Um, No, it's turned out to be good so far. He had a slow start. He's a notorious slow starter, so... He's looking like he's coming around. Hopefully we see more of that going forward. I'm not expecting a full-blown ace performance from him. I don't think anyone should expect that, I guess. But if he could just be the solid number two, I mean, to Cole's number one, then we're, we're fine. Yeah, I mean... We've lacked that for years now. He obviously reached a peak with this performance, unless he does it again or throws a perfect game. But No pressure. No pressure at all. But if he can keep doing performance keep throwing up performances like this through six, seven innings. I don't see no reason why he can't be that number two guy, even when Severino comes back. So if anything, it places less pressure on Sevy to have to be a number two when he comes back. This is nice to have him and Herman firing on all cylinders. Like three out of our five rotation guys are pretty much clicking. Monty's good in the back end option. Honestly, like he's a, he hasn't been perfect per se, our lovely Gumby, but he's definitely been solid for a four, which is basically where you have him at. I, our preseason projections, we were just like, okay, he'd be like a three or a two if he really leaves up to his potential. And he's, he's shown flashes of that. Um, but he's been a reliable four, three at the most so far. So that's what you want. The only guy who hasn't gotten firing yet in all cylinders. And like, it's frustrating, but like, he hasn't pitched in a year. So like, that's the expected is Tyone. Um, Talking to my friends the other day, just saying, like, like yeah, I think he will get it going at some point. And, like, you do have to be patient with that, of course. It's just frustrating when you're, like, a wooden out team and it's like, okay, we have to bank on this, like, reclamation project. I think that's the disconnect there for him. Like, we do like him, and I do think the stuff is there. It's just, like, was it the right move for, like, a win now team to go in on this reclamation project and build them back up when you need to win now? Yeah. I think GMO – probably will come around at least a little bit more than we've seen him seems to be a little bit of a down patch right now um but signs pointing to more life if Glover can turn around like this um hopefully the god matt blake will help jml figure it out as well yeah now matt blake looks an absolute stud higher i I mean i liked it to begin with anyways just something you had to shake it had to get shaken up and like he is kind of a you quote him like the modern day pitching coach, just a young guy who believes in the data and whatnot. And 
biomechanics and all that. And he comes from a really good organization involving pitchers in Cleveland. So that's nice. Um, but yeah, I think Tyone will turn around. The nice thing is that you do have Debbie in the minor still. So if you want to go six man at some point, you have that. I don't think people are asking like, are they going to put him in the bullpen? I don't think that's an option. Honestly, they just want to like, let him go as a starter. And like, if you have to deal with like a clunker every now and then, that's just what you deal with. And honestly, his clunkers haven't been that bad. He just has one bad inning usually. Yeah. And then settles in. That's literally his trend. It's frustrating. Don't get me wrong. But like the trend of him is like, he has one bad inning where he lets up like three runs and that's it. But three runs isn't, isn't insurmountable for an offense that hasn't fully clicked yet. Like, yeah, we can come back to that. Speaking of fully clicking on offense, we've been having some injury problems out in the outfield. Yeah, that's been now, uh, There's been some reports that the Yankees were looking to the Texas Rangers for some potential trade targets um, to fix some of those holes. Um, I know we joked about the sock man going out to San Francisco and now we're having to kind of fill that fourth outfield role. But uh, is there anyone on the radar that you've been looking at or you just hoping for the best from the cash man? <laughs> A little bit of both, I guess. I mean, listen, for as maybe not strange or like for as much flack, and it wasn't even that much flack. We just kind of like the sock man is just like a, you know, running joke. He hasn't been good since the second half of 2019. This just might be just what he is. Like he's batting well below the Mendoza with like an on-base percentage of like 299, I think right now, even with the Giants, like he walks and he plays defense very well, which not bad, I guess. Wandy Peralta, or yeah, Wandy Peralta, he's been pretty good as a reliever for us so far. And I don't know, Garner gives you the same thing. The only thing with Garner that I don't like is just his arm just looks cooked. Like, yeah. Really bad. Yeah. It's... I'm, I'm going to interject real quick and say, I think we have to move the Mendoza line. Might be <laughs> What do you want to call it now? Like Gallo line or something like that? Yeah, that honestly might be better. <laughs> Didn't Gallo bat like 197 one year or something like that? I'm pretty sure. Talking yeah, about trade off. Gallo's, Gallo's batting two of six right now, I think. And he, I mean, we're on trade targets, so that works perfectly. Gallo, his name's popping up as a potential option in the outfield. I know the rumor that's going around as we're recording right now is Delino DeShields as that fourth man. Yep. Um, my thinking was that Cashman's getting the the ball rolling with the Rangers to kind of position himself to get Gallo, um, you know, start warming up the phone lines, if you will, um, paying those long distance minutes. Uh, having a hefty lefty bat in the Yankee stadium is always going to look good. So I'm, I'm in favor of it. And I would say fans suck up about the suck it up about the strikeouts at this point, except for Stanton. They never will shut up about that, but it just is what it is. That's just the nature of the game now. Everyone does it. It's not great. I get annoyed at it too. Don't get me wrong. Like they just kind of are there. Like that's yeah. just how it's gonna be. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Gallo. I think is everyone's like dream trade target. I guess the funny thing, like you said, like you mentioned, the irony is that he strikes out a ton. Like he's like that's not gonna help you if you're just like we need to cut down on strikeouts. Who do we get? Joey Gallo. It's like that's yeah. probably not what you who you want, but. I'm down for it regardless because I really don't care anymore. Yeah. Um, it's going to cost you probably a little pretty penny because he's got this year and then next year in terms of arbitration that he hits for agency. So probably looking at like Schmidt, I guess, or something, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Um, yeah, I wouldn't mind Gallo at all. Um, Corey Kluber bobbleheads back. 
Which Corey Kluber? Oh, God. Yeah, just send them all back. You guys can have these as a treat. Um, who else? The Marlins, if they fall out of contention, like they – I mean, it's still early. They are currently – I don't even know the pack right now. 20-23, above the Braves and the Nats somehow, um, doing a solid job. Season's what? but yeah. Yeah, they're uh, – they have a couple of possible – Trade targets. Um, Starling Marte is the big one. He's a would be a rental stud center fielder. Firstly, unfortunately injured right now, so not what you want there. But he gives you good speed contact option. Plays really good defense out there. Um, he was hitting pretty well before he got hurt. Three sixteen, four twenty on base percentage, uh, one hundred fifty four OPS plus, couple dingers. So. Definitely a good option. I think that's something they should, someone they should look into. It probably wouldn't cost you much. Probably just like a low A guy, honestly. And then another rental from them would be Corey Dickerson. If you want a left-handed bat, he can't play center field, which is what you would want. But he is a good contact lefty option. He's currently batting 289, 364 OBP, 111 OPS plus. Uh, only one day or so far. It doesn't help when you play in Miami, anyways. Um, but those are two options that I did think that they should look into, at least in terms of yeah, outfield depth. Sorry? Hey, Jeets, you up? <laughs> Send us another guy. We'll, we'll give you back Stanton. Right. Everyone's dream. Yeah. Not everyone's like Sam. But, yeah, no, there are a couple options there. Um, I do think something's coming. I mean, I'm hoping it's going to be something – more significant than the level of what the Mets just did, paying $1 for Cameron Maven. A single dollar. A, a single U.S. currency, not even a Dogecoin. No. A dollar. Um, so I think, yeah, hopefully we get something more significant and we're ready to roll with the fourth man because um, Hicks going down and Sam going down at the same time kind of exposed us a little bit and then Lamar going down. Odd. Unex- well, I guess should be expected at this point. If you're playing outfield for the New York Yankees, you're going to get hurt. Yeah, it's just been like that for the past three years. Like, you're yeah, going to have to live with it. Um, Mickey Mantle taking lives. Oh, God. That man once tore his entire ACL off of a drain pipe. So, we've yeah, come a little bit of a way. He's pissed. He is. Um, but yeah, we have – there's some trade target options. I think the hot name, though, is Esteban Floreal. Yeah. Just made it up to AAA. Rebuilding from within. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now why that's not an option, though. <laughs> oh, baby. Give it to me. I'm going to tell you why. You think the strikeouts are bad now? <laughs> God. You think they're bad now? If you like watching balls get hit into play, let me tell you something. That is not the guy you want right this moment, at least. I like I like all of his tools. I like love it, really. like he's He can be an absolute five-tool player if he puts everything together. But, like, I think the comp for him has been, like, Soriano, like Alfonso Soriano. Hey, but you don't badmouth Alfonso on this podcast. Oh, no, we don't, but that's his ceiling. Like, if everything pulls together, he's a left-handed Alfonso Soriano. But as of right now, he's still developing. Yeah. He's only 23 years old, so he's still got some time. But that dude's got a lot of swing and miss in his game. He just made it up to AAA, and he currently is sitting at nine strikeouts and 21 at-bats. I did see a fantastic argument, though, going counter to this point um, mm-hmm. earlier on the timeline, that if we have more guys who strike out more often in the lineup, 
and the Yankees won't ground into double plays as much. Something to consider. Progress. Yeah, that's the other thing. We've replaced strikeouts with double plays, and people are not mad about either. Um, there are 27 outs in a ball game. Those are going to happen. They're not great. I don't like it, especially because when your double plays come off of stupid base running mistakes, clean that up, please, for the love of God. Yeah, figure that one out. Yeah, the base running has been atrocious no matter what. I know we don't have burners. Like, I, I get that. We don't have fast guys, but just clean that up. That's all I'm asking. I'm not expecting, like, like all the only two guys that know how to run are, like, Tyler Wade and Brett Garner. Like, yes, but, like, I'm not expecting all these guys to be speed demons. I just need them to be, like, competent on the base paths. That's it. Yeah. Like, just that some of the plays they got into just, I don't know, this past weekend were bad or past – few days in Texas. That was a rough time. Yeah, I was honestly surprised they actually scored runs in the no-hitter. Yeah, it was 2 nothing. We won 2 nothing. Tyler Wade, out of all people, had, had the game-winning triple, technically. Yeah. I mean, like, won 2 nothing in Globe Life Field twice. Not, not to mention, that was a no-hitter thrown with Miguel Andujar in left and Tyler Wade in right. Yeah. No balls were to left that entire game, though. Go card, you can pencil that one off. <laughs> What a, what a time. That happened, though. Baseball, baby. Catch the fever. Um, yeah, I got a couple trade targets there for outfield options. I We'll see if the DeShields trade comes in. I saw, I think it was like River Avenue Blues is comparing it to like getting Maven in like 2019, where it's just like, you buy low on a guy, and like maybe he is. Like, I could definitely see it. Maybe he just revamps and swing. Yeah. And becomes a solid option. He's a good speed threat. He gets on base. He does work a walk, so that's good. Um, and when he gets on base, that dude can fly so that would be the worst option honestly if you want kind of a throwback player in that sort of regard yeah. um so i'm a fan of that i've seen bucks and float around too because the twins are abysmal this year for some reason i don't know what happened um he's currently injured and was having an mvp caliber season when he was healthy he's just hit a dinger off him and shit has gone to hell <laughs> the unwritten rules someone say Larusa is gonna appeal the suspension for the twins? <laughs> Not really, but <laughs> oh, Tyler Duffy had every right to throw out my guy. I want him. I want him to make it hurt. I'm pissed he didn't hit him. <laughs> I need you to make it hurt for my guys. It builds character. What that a... that old man needs to not be playing baseball or what? baseball. What a terrible, terrible hire for baseball, man. So bad. And it's a bad look for the entire game because now this is all we're talking about. We had – well, we're also talking about the fact that we are just throwing no-hitters once a week. Yeah. Which is also bad for baseball because now they're boring. Except when we do it. When we do it, it's fun. And exciting. Yeah. It's, never was, it's a different story. When it happens to your team, it's, it's yeah. entirely different. Just, yeah, the top two stories – or actually the top three stories in baseball are – you have a 76-year-old man managing men and saying, you can hit my players. You have no hitters being watered down. And you have the best player in baseball hurt. And that's being atrocious. And that's third on the list, the yeah. trout being hurt thing. Like, in any other sport, that's, like, a big deal. Like, Dak Prescott breaking his ankle. Like, not best player in the sport, obviously. But, like, Dak Prescott breaking his ankle being out for the year. Big story. Andrew Luck retiring early. Big story. Like, yeah. I do like that we can't enjoy anything. Like, I remember you brought up the fact that whenever there's discussions about who should make the Basketball Hall of Fame, it's more, like, inclusive of everyone. Like, oh, this guy had a really great career. These are this guy's contributions. Like, no one's no one's putting anyone down. But we Not have really. – Otani is doing 
like, yes, he shouldn't be pitching because he had something going on with his hand and his fastball was hitting 88 miles an hour. Um, but Otani's doing stuff that we haven't seen since like the 1920s. People are just saying like, screw this guy. He's not as good as he actually appears. He strikes out a ton. Like just enjoy the man. It's awesome. He played, he like the first time or both times he did really like the other night he did it, but like he pitched what, like seven innings worth of baseball. And then Matt was just like, all right, you're going in the right field now. And he was just like, okay, like that's ridiculous. He also bunts against the shift. He knows what he's doing. No, he's a fun player to watch. The pitching thing, like, I, I'm i not really going to speak too much on it. I still think he should pitch, but maybe just relieve instead. Him as a closer would be elite. But then again, you're kind of watering it down. So, like, it's a, it's a tough conversation to have. But there's tons of discourse about it just because, like, depends on how well his arm holds up and, like, where he's playing and stuff like that. I get it. That's, like, a whole other – that's out of my realm, basically. Yeah, I'm assuming they're just going to let him pitch until his arm is – like gone, gone, and then they're just going to move him to DH full time. Yeah, whenever his UCL turns an absolute th- like it already, he already had Tommy John, but whenever it turns an absolute Thanos dust and they're just like need it again, there's just like you're going to see him pitch. Also, what is there's construction outside my room. Yeah, it sounds like you're building an extension. Yeah, I don't know what's happening right now. This is great. This is makes for a great podcast. Um, Jesus Christ, must be doing construction. Anyways, um. But yeah, that's like the third biggest story in baseball is Mike Trout, the best player in the sport. Also, like the other thing about like Otani too is that you're just like, why should we care? He plays for the Angels, who are completely irrelevant. It's like that. It's nothing to do with the fact that the Angels are bad. Like we know they're bad. Everyone knows yeah. they're terrible. Arnie Marino has not focused on pitching since Bartolo Colon was there. We, we get that. That's not the point. Baseball is infuriating. Sports are infuriating, and we should all just stop watching sports in general. Eat at. Arby's. Eat out. I guess with that we can move on to the mailbag. <laughs> we only have a, we only have a couple questions this week. Yeah. Uh, one of them was from my buddy Mike. Well, uh, I'm gonna read this one off. Honestly, I got this in, from a group chat, but I uh, wanted to know: uh, Would you trade Lucas Duda for a ham sandwich? I'll hang up and listen. I'll let you handle that one. It's not even funny. Anything? I'm just gonna. It's not even original. It's not even original. Jason Giambi, quarterback for the New York Giants. I will. Okay. You know what? I'm going to actually respond to How are you? It's it's tangential, but um, I did see that. I think it was the post maybe brought up the idea of the Mets. Not not the porch. Okay. We had to differentiate. Sorry. Yes. Um, Brought up the idea of luring Jay Bruce out of retirement to play for the Mets because he performed well. I'm doing air quotes, yes. performed well for the Yankees in a short stint there. So, what? I would not trade a ham sandwich for Jay Bruce. There. It's not the answer you were looking for, but you got to take it. It's, yeah. Jay Bruce out of retirement. They really had that tape. Was it Sherman who wrote that? I, I'm going to look it up. I'm sure you could find it while you're talking, been, but yeah. I'd have been Ken David off if I had to take another guess too. Yeah. Whatever. All right. Um, for our buddy Shrave, he asked, uh, when Clint is healthy, or when all the offense yeah. is healthy. Oh, it was Martino. Oh, even oh. worse. Of course it was Andy. God. God help us. God help New York media sometimes, man. Actually, all the time. I was listening to Rosillo and Simmons actually like earlier today on like my walk with my dog, and like they were talking about Hall of Fame. They were yeah, Hall of Fame voting and just MVP voting for basketball, but then uh Rosillo was talking about like the 
bias by like region and then like sports writers other flaws and stuff like that. He's like George King from the he was right for the Daily News, I'm pretty sure. Didn't vote for Pedro. And then his excuse was, I don't vote for pitchers. And then they look back and they're like, You voted for two pitchers, like both Yankees previously. Like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> just because Pedro like snubbed the media a few times, which like that was just Pedro. Still one of the greatest pitchers we've ever seen. Like, and yet we have humans in charge of these things. That's great. Anyways, Next sports question. writers, not great. Um, yeah, so Shrave asked this, uh, when all the outfielders are healthy, um, how long is the leash on Clint Frazier? Uh, so for those of you who don't know, Clint Frazier not having a great follow-up season to his breakout 2020, um, yeah. however abbreviated that was. He's currently batting 151, a 280 OBP, a 66 OPS plus. 100 OPS plus is league average. Like literally that's your baseline for how good you should, like how well hitter is hitting. Uh, with four home runs um, and seven RBIs. It's it's not what you want. And he's showing flashes of that gold glove nominee attitude that he had last year. Yeah. As our one-time manager, Joe Girardi, said, it's uh, not what you want. Yeah. Um, speaking of leashes, I mean, he's got that neck injury, that a neck thing, rather. It's a neck thing. Yes. Um. So I guess we'll see how he's doing. Um, in terms of how long the leash is going to be, I'm assuming it's going to be short. Um, like we said, they're probably going to fill that fourth outfield role with a trade or a call-up. Um, and if it's a call-up, they're going to give – I'm assuming it's Florial. Um, they're going to give him more looks than Clint at this point. I would assume so. The best way when everyone's healthy, I think, for him at this point is to send him down for like a week or two to Scranton and just have him get through this because he's making adjustments to the major league level, but they just haven't translated yet. His stance was closed. Now it's open. Now it's a little bit more closed again. It's Yeah, he's very much – it seems like he's in his head. I can't really I, speak on it at all since I don't yeah, know what's exactly. going on. But it seems like he's in his own head a little bit. Um, I guess my concern, speaking of like the psyche of it, is, you know, he is the guy who would go down to AAA, come back up, down to AAA, come back up. And I'm assuming that's not really doing well on him in the long term mentally. Because we've done this with him already. Mistakes. Yeah, we've done with this with this with him already, like where you sent him down and like have him work through it. And it's just like, you know, he is a guy that needs to be more aggressive in general, though. I yeah. look my buddy Jack asked the other day, like what, how many strikeouts has he just looked at? In the, like, you know, just look backwards case. He's had a total of 18 strikeouts looking. So 18 backwards case. His previous career high was 18 back in 2019. So we're there. Yeah. And 16 he swung through. So those are not good numbers. No matter yeah. how you put it, you shouldn't be looking at that many pitches no matter what. I, I get he, he wants to be more patient in the zone because he's usually more of a free swinger. He worked on his wall great last year and, like, honestly became more of a patient hitter but also aggressive at the same time. He needs to find that balance again, which, again, we're two whatevers, two schmucks on a podcast who are trying to tell him this. I think he knows this for sure, but it's just, like, finding that balance is not easy. No, It might be best to just send him down for a week to clear his head. Right now you can't do that with all the injuries, of course. Um, his swinging strike percentage, uh, according to uh, baseball reference, is at 17%. Uh, last year was at 20.5, so he's not swing, swinging at things in the zone pretty much at all. Like, previous career high was 27% back in 2018, and he barely played that year on his but, like, 
he needs to be more aggressive in his own. I, I think he needs a vacation. Pulling this time off with the next thing might let him clear it out a bit. The other factor is like, you know, Miggy's hitting decently so far. Um, he had a rough go to his few call-ups and uh, get a little playing time. Yeah. So it, he looks competent in left, not fantastic, but he's looked okay at times. Um, he's not hitting fantastic either. Um, he's only got six hits and full 36 in bad, so that's nothing, obviously, and no walks. So also not great. So it's not like he's tearing the cover of the ball and, like, he's going to take his place in left field. That That's not what we're saying. Like, it's an option. Yeah. Yeah. So the leash is probably average to short. Yeah. At this point, unless there's a trade to be had, which there probably is, it's just juggling all the injuries at once. It's like if our outfield is fully healthy, like you have Stan, even though he's more or less a non-factor out there, but it still factors in the equation in terms of who's getting DH time. But let's say Stanton and Hicks are both ready to go at some point. Then you have Miggy and Quint battling it out for left field time, plus Gardner, who shouldn't be an everyday player. But, you know, let's say they're just the three of them. Then it becomes more of a question, but I don't know. You have to wait for Stan to get healthy first. He should be back next week. And then let's see if Clinton can come back from this neck injury and he'll be a little bit better. I, if he's ready to go tonight, I think he'll be in the lineup. Um, Miggy's been okay. He had a decent Texas series, but or a decent road trip. But, um, yeah, outfield options. Didn't really think this would be a concern. Kind of is. We're getting closer to Memorial Day where things start to get a little more solidified. A little bit like, all right, it's go time. Um, That's baseball, baby. Yeah, I still think he can, he can hit through it. Um, the number one thing I'll always point to is just that terrible Cano season in 08, and he it was just really just the one bad April, and then he hit pretty well the rest of the way, but everyone's going to remember that April. Yeah. So well, now, there's a chance for him to hit on it. The steroids with Cano, don't forget. Yeah. He's on a Hall of Fame trajectory, too. Whoopsie. So sad. Yeah. How did Cano hit that? He didn't even hit that terribly. Right? 271, 305, Fortune Homers. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Like That's great for now. Yeah, like if you want to look at the advanced metrics or whatever, like it's not that great. But um, let me go month by month. He hit 151 with two homers, seven RBIs oh, yeah. in April, March, right? And then the rest of the way, he was basically a 300 hitter. Yeah, so there's time to figure it out. Yeah, there is. Uh, for Clint, it kind of sucks because like it's translated over into May. But he's shown flashes. That national series, he had a few key hits, a dinger as well. So I think he'll get it going. If he doesn't, maybe send him to Strand for a week and try to get his swing back to where it needs to be. But that's when everyone's healthy. You can't do that right now. You kind of need him to be up here to help out. Because it doesn't make much of a difference you have Floreal up here versus him. You're going to get the same swing and miss stuff. So to answer your story, to answer your question, uh, the leash is about short to medium, depending on health. Um, all right. Our buddy Jack asked two questions. This first question was, um, <laughs> let's check Twitter. What was his question about Aaron Hicks? How long would it take to launch Aaron Hicks to the moon? So let's see how long it takes for us to travel to the moon. Okay. We got to first go to Cape Canaveral. Oh, I was just thinking about a catapult to the moon. But... Oh. All right, you just want to throw him up there. I mean, he said launch. So, like, there's many <laughs> there's interpretations. Ways to launch. Yeah, there's, there's many interpretations of that. But uh, it takes about three days for a spacecraft to reach the moon if we're taking a spacecraft. If we're launching him through a catapult, that's got to be longer. Yeah. 
he could get lost. <laughs> so, you know, there's different things. But yes, yeah. one one good trade target is all it takes to launch him to the moon. One good trade target, yeah. Uh, yeah, we know Hicks hasn't been performing uh, well this year. He was starting to snap out of it though. Like he was batting like about 300 in the last like two weeks before his injury. Yeah. Um, Sad. Yeah. Hicks does what he's supposed to do for the most part. The only problem is that like he also deals with a lot of injuries, and obviously we don't give him a lot of flack as we do like Judge or Stanton because those are your two key hitters. You kind of need them to be healthy, and they aren't always. That's why we give them more flack than Aaron Hicks, right? Yeah. Also, Aaron Hicks makes like no money. Well, I mean, he does. It's like ten million a year, but like it's not much. Yeah, it's not Stanton money, and he's not he's not our Beaver captain. Beaver captain, leave it to Beaver, baby. Um, yeah. To uh, in terms of a leash on him, I guess it's probably pretty long. He still has four years, forty million left after this year. Um, so he should be around in the outfield for at least the next couple years, and then they'll they might look to move him. Who knows? It's, yes. That's a future us uh, question, future future Cashman question. Um, and they are developing center fielders. They have Floreal. They have the Martian. Um, and then a couple other options too in the minors who could potentially take that spot. So like, it's not like they're not hedging their bets against them. They don't, I don't think they expect him to be their forever guy like Bernie or anything like that. So they'll be ready when time needs to come to move on. I know it feels like it needs to be sooner rather than later because he's hurt or he doesn't perform as well. I get that. I just don't think it's going to be any time in the next two years. Um, his second question, our buddy Jack, was which lefty bat should we be targeting at the deadline? He wants a lefty bat badly. I feel like most fans do because this lineup is so right-hand dependent. Um, I, you mentioned I Gallo. What I, do you think? Gallo. Joey, Joey Gallo. Um, I think the power could translate well, especially with the short porch. I know the strikeouts, the low average, which is the one thing we're trying to avoid is a problem, but I think getting, it just seems like he's very attainable. Yeah. Rangers are garbage. Um, I I think he could be had for less. You were, you were talking Schmidt or I forget if you said Schmidt or King. I said Schmidt. King feels like it could be a real, a realistic option, honestly. But I think it, I think it could be done. I think so. I definitely think Gallo's guy they probably gonna look into. Most contenders will. Um, there's already rumblings out there that they have made talks. I don't know how true those rumors are, so yeah, take those with a grain of salt. Um, another option I, I've uh, heard from some friends or people were wondering about was uh, David Peralta from the Diamondbacks. Strictly corner outfielder, uh, kind of like Dickerson too, but with more years on his contract. Uh, he's been relatively solid his whole career in Arizona. Uh, let's see. How's he doing this year? Actually, pretty well. 269, four homers, 329 on base percentage, and 115 OPS plus. That's basically his like career line to a T. Um, hit five triples. So he's got some speed. <laughs> we don't hit triples at Yankee Stadium or just in the Yankees in general. Uh, one time gold glove winner and a silver slugger in the past. Um, yeah, he's been, he's always been, he's always hit for Arizona. He was there one year back in 2016. Jesus Christ, construction has to stop. Um, yeah, he's a relatively solid target. He plays left, he plays right. He's played center field in the past, but I will probably doubt that they would 
put him there uh, this year. But as like a corner outfield option, let's say Clint keeps faltering and they're just like, okay, we're getting nothing out here. That wouldn't be the worst idea to go after him. Um, he has one more year left in his contract in 2022. So it would be the same as getting Gallo, essentially. Just his money's already guaranteed. It's only $7.5 million, so that's not too terrible. He would be over the luxury tax, I'm pretty sure, though, right? Yeah, but praying for Jacoby Ellsbury. Yeah. <laughs> Someone jokingly asked if he was an option. Uh, no, he's not. Um, I don't think he wants anything to do with the Yankees move and just collecting him one last final cash, and that's it. Yeah. Check, sorry. That's it. Give me the bag, Cashman. Um, someone also has about Cattell Marte from the Diamondbacks. I mean, that would be awesome. I don't think they gave up Marte easily, though. They he's only twenty seven years old. They signed him to a five year option at last, and there's two team options. Like he signed until twenty twenty two with two more options after that. I doubt they give him up for cheap. Then I guess Dickerson could work. We're going back to stuff we talked about before. It wouldn't be the worst idea. He can't play center, but as a corner outfit option, like I said, if Clint keeps hitting like he's hasn't been hitting, I guess um, that would be a relatively decent option um, in terms of uh, a left-handed hitter. I'm trying to think, was there any other options? Um, if the Nats keep spiraling, I'm pretty sure they'll probably make a call on Schwarber. Um, I'm going to be totally honest. That that's something it seems like Cashman would do. Oh God. Yeah. Yeah. Do it. Screw it. Give me Schwarber. Like, the two of us would love that because we love watching Schwarber hit. That dude's just a fire hydrant who hits tanks. Like, he's hitting 216 with seven dingers right now. So, you love strikeouts. You love dingers. You like lefties. He's your guy. That man would fit in, like, a Paisan in the Bronx. Eating slices, hitting dingers. I love it. It would be interesting because he'd have to play left field every day, I guess, basically. Or platoon with Clint, but... It, it's uh, I could see him making a call. He's making ten mil this year, and there's a mutual option for next year. So if you're on the hook for only five million the rest of the way, yeah, that feels like a call that Cash makes at least just to see, like, hey, can we get like a bench piece that's a lefty bat who can play the corner outfield and maybe first base if we make it hard enough? It's going two wise. <laughs> um. So yeah. So expect probably what? Jay Bruce. Chapers. Yankees legend. Tired of Yankees. Oh, man. R.I.P. R.I.P. Um, the Cubs might be sellers, too, but they don't really have any lefty bats. That, Well, maybe Jock. Uh, maybe. I doubt it, but... No, I don't, I don't think that would happen. I don't. He's expensive. He's only, due, he's only signed for $7 million this year, and he has a mutual offer for next year as well, so... Three and a half million as opposed to Schwarber. Well, I feel like he would go Schwarber first if we're talking just like rental lefty bat. Yeah. Uh, 267, 345OVP. He's a perfectly 100 OPS boss hitter, which is hilarious. Only one homer so far, 10 RBIs. An average man. Yeah, that's basically the story of his life since his rookie year. Um, Jock is a good option. I wouldn't hate it. It's just there might be more better options that, he, that Cashman looks for, honestly. Yeah. Um, or just options that he prefers more, I would say. The nice thing about Jock is that he can play center field, so that wouldn't be the worst idea. He can't play it well, per se, but he can play it. <laughs> so those are basically lefty bats I think he would probably target. Um, in terms of, like, if you're thinking, like, infield options, like people have, like we talk about story constantly, hobby too. I don't – like, we're not trading for 
Corey Seager as much as I would love for that to happen because the Dodgers are still going to want to contend. Um, but yeah, that's basically it. Gallo, Dickerson, um, Schwarber, I think are your three lefty targets. David Peralta would be a nice call. I would definitely ping the Diamondbacks about that. Um, but yeah, those are something should be. Stay tuned. I don't know if we need a. Do you think we need a significant bat, or do you think that's just like a nice like platoon option? A nice thing to have, I think. That's it. Just like a nice platoon, like nice platoon bench piece. Yeah, unless Stanton is irreparably destroyed. um, Yeah. Then I think just a nice piece. Okay, that's kind of where I'm at too right now. I know the offense hasn't been clicking, but offense is down league wide, which is going to lead into our next thing. Yeah. Going into our segment inspired by our boy Phil Hughes. You know, whoever thought of it was, uh, was pretty creative. You up? What are we up about? We're up about no hitters being up because it's watering down a significant pitching accomplishment in baseball, and it's very annoying. Um, there's an offensive decline league-wide. It's not great, but we're dealing with it in ways – that are not yet realized. Um, so what do we do? Well, to explain a little bit about just what's up, or you up, um, <laughs> if you don't know who Phil Hughes is, he was the Yankees' probably best pitching prospect during the uh, mid-aughts era. Um, and is just an all-around good follow on Twitter right now. He just cooks and collects baseball cards now in retirement. Um, so definitely shoot him a follow if you can. Um, so what do we do about the offense? Um, well, we've campaign for them to just bring back the Super Bowls at this point, which probably will not happen unless Banford makes a nice switchy sneak at the All-Star game, which wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Yeah. Um, I mean, our thing has been moving the mound back, putting the juice balls back in play. Mound is probably... That has to be like a five-year, ten-year process thing, though. Just fixing everything. Yeah, I, I know. Balls is the best thing to do right now. The Super Bowls. Yeah, bring back the bouncy ball. Honestly, they might do it for the All Star game because you imagine that thing in call like we've seen it in Colorado, obviously. But like, imagine they just they're like, oh yeah, they're back and they just put them in the All Star game in Colorado. Like, yeah. that All Star game might be a good fifteen to fourteen finale. They should. Okay, here's an idea. This will make baseball more exciting. I just fixed the sport. Okay. So, you know the – I don't think it's State Farm anymore, but you know in the home run derby they have the golden balls during the last out? Well, yes. It's no longer last out, but whatever. Uh, yeah, it's the last, like, minute, and it's, like, the pink uh, T-Mobile yeah. balls now. Okay. Have the, have the Super Balls. Paint them a different color, but put them in the same bag of balls that the umps have. Hmm. And then when you throw the ball back to the pitcher, you don't look when you pick which ball. So at any given moment – the pitcher could be using a super ball or the deaden ball. And the fans would be like, oh shit, this ball could go like fucking 450 <laughs> feet. And then everyone's tuning in because you don't know what's going to happen. But like, can't the pitcher throw the ball back? Like, don't they do that though? Well, you got to change that rule. But oh, they, they just can't throw it back? Yeah, you have to use what you're given until like there's a foul ball or something. But you, okay. have, like, you have to throw one pitch with the ball that you're given. Okay, because then you avoid that. Uh, who's the guy from the Reds who was throwing balls back to the pitchers? Yeah, like, oh, no, because, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> You're going to get these guys and just keep getting yeah. the Super Bowls. It's like, I'm not throwing this. <laughs> I'm not throwing the pink Super Bowl. Stop. I'm not throwing this. 
Um, I, I love it. Honestly, that'd be the funniest thing to see. Just like, just chucking, um, pink balls at these guys. Uh, I heard it. It's, it's actually kind of a challenge for hitters too. Cause they hate that the fact the balls color differently. I've heard that yeah. multiple times. Yeah. They tried the, the Charles Finley orange baseball for night games and it was shit. Cause they couldn't see the seams. Yeah. Like they, yeah, I, it would actually be kind of funny to see it just cause like, okay, if you make contact, you know, that ball is going to travel. Cause we've. Yes, the results of the Super Bowl. But the challenge is that the ball is now pink. Like you're gonna get a randomly pink ball thrown at you. You don't know if you're gonna hit make contact. Your eyes gotta adjust to that. So it's all right. We fixed baseball. I think we did. Our work here is done. Um, I'm gonna contact my sports analyst professor and tell him um to hire us, listen to the pod, and you know, we'll uh we'll wrap this up uh you know nice and tight with a bow on top. Uh, no, but uh <laughs> but actually um yeah, moving the mound back is something they've doing. They're doing right now in the Atlantic League. I'm pretty sure, right? That was the yeah they did it. Yeah, um, I think Jason Stark for the Athletic had a couple articles on like just different rules they've been implementing down there. Um, stolen bases are up um, in the low A's because there's one rule that limits how many pickoffs you get. It's like you have two legit pickoffs like per runner or something like that, and then the rest are just like you are box if you try to pick off. The other one is uh, you have to step off the mound in order to throw over instead of like the Andy Pettit, Clayton Kershaw pickoff move where you just lift one leg up and chuck over. Yeah. Um, so I've heard stolen bases are up like big time down there um, from what I saw. Um, that's one way to get action back. But the big thing was moving the mound back in the Atlantic League. Um, they ran some numbers. Like no one's going to know until it actually happens. And I don't know if the Atlantic League's played yet, right? Have they played I don't yet? think so. No, yeah, because we haven't seen any articles about that. But moving the mound back would decrease VLO for pitchers um, by about two miles per hour, I'm pretty sure, or something like that. I think they moved it back like 60 to like three feet back or something like that, and it decreases VLO. Um, the only thing is break might increase on breaking balls is what I saw. Yeah. Like it's breaking a lot sooner. Um, so it's just like it's they have to experiment with it still i don't think they do anything just yet like after the season it might be like one more until they finally be like okay we're gonna start trying some of these at the major league level um moving the mound back feels like the safest option as of now pitchers will eventually adjust at some point because that's just how it goes it always levels itself out but they eliminated the Super Bowls and a chance to get the offense back because they were figuring, okay, all these home runs, which were doubles a few years ago, will just become doubles again. Um, but pitchers throw harder than ever. Yeah. Junk. Like, absolute disgusting spin and break. So, these... No one's making contact. Yeah, no one's making contacts, contact or those those balls that you thought were doubles are getting caught for outs because fielders also have gotten kind of better, too. Yeah. So... You turn the three true outcomes game into two true outcomes at this point, which isn't good. Baseball, baby. Catch the fever. That's what we're up about. <sighs> yeah, we're, uh, we, I'm we, always up about this. We got to fix this. We, we talk about it nonstop, honestly. Like, if you look through our texts, there's, there's a lot of junk in there, but... Um, it's mostly junk. Yeah, the FBI guy who tracks our messages is in shambles and trying yeah. to keep up with all of our shenanigans. Um, we should have him on sometime. Yeah, one day we're gonna invite him on. We just gotta send one in the, in the group. Just be like, "Hey, you looking at this right now? You want to come on? Want to come on? Well, we don't bite. You kind of know us pretty well by now." Yeah. Um. But yeah, we talk about this constantly. Honestly, it's kind of just one of those things we've had in our um back of our minds. Just there's got to be a way to pump offense back in. I know people 
the analytics haven't helped. I'm not going to deny that. Like my friends and I talk about this constantly. It's just like, they're, they are, they're there for, they're there for good or for worse, for better, for worse at this point. Mm. Probably for worse sometimes just cause like the actual product of play isn't that great to watch, but a win is a win. So I'll take it. That's kind of how I view it at this point. Um, but the actual watch is not fun. I get that. Like it, it's funny too. Cause like analytics help football to a more of a passing league and then it helped basketball become this three pointer league. Um, but for baseball, it did like the most boring effect possible. Yeah. Like dinger, dingers were really cool until they were just like, the dingers are gone. And it was just like, Oh, well now what do you do? Yeah. The best part of the game is gone. Chicks dig the long ball as that commercial goes, but yeah, the long ball is no longer. So yeah. Baseball's in a tough spot. I don't know how else to fix it, but um bats wood metal bats yeah could you imagine trout with a bb core bat like just just killing people the the ping off of like an aaron judge dinger you think that break the glass in center field if he hit one a dead center oh yeah absolutely okay yeah i think that would probably be a threat to a lot of people yeah, imagine trying to catch a Giancarlo Stanton like line like because he doesn't hit like pop up home runs. He hits like line drives. That yeah. his average exit velo, I think, this year is like one ten, which is an anomaly. Yeah, <laughs> essentially, if you're not Giancarlo Stanton, even Judge, who hits like missiles, doesn't even hit that hard. So, like, imagine trying to catch like Stanton with a metal bat, trying to catch a home run. It's just awful. But your hand, your hand would shatter. Yeah. Just dusted, wasted. Just the GTA pictures would be unalived. Ed, please enter twenty five cents to continue. <laughs> Ten, nine it is the countdown. Just like, <laughs> I don't have anything. Fucked up. I'm not liquid. <laughs> just tried to pay one NFT. Uh all right. I think that's a good spot to wrap it up. <laughs> I'm talking about baseball NFTs. Yeah. Yeah. His, his average exit velo this year is 99 miles per hour, and the highest he's gotten this year alone is 120. All right, that's pretty good. Which is tied for his career lowest. Yes, his career lowest back in 2016. Jesus. This man is just all muscle. Ah, man. Get healthy soon, buddy. Come back. Help us. Yeah, but um, yeah, so fixing baseball. We have no solutions, we have silly ideas. We have silly podcast. We do. Um, this was a short one, but hopefully you guys enjoy it. Um, I don't know what we're going to talk about next time. Probably come back to you sometime during the summer. We might do a live one, honestly, because we yeah. I'm going to be visiting Dan in a few weeks down yeah. North Carolina. So. We'll be live in concert. Probably talking about another no-hitter at that point. Multiple ones, probably. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah, we might do that one as a treat. Just a little treat. Just a For little treat. The fangs. The fangs. We need to get mics for that then. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. All right. See you later. And uh, I can tell you it's a privilege to be back. I'll be talking to y'all soon.